Welcome into the Locked On Golden Gophers podcast. I'm Nate Dickinson. Everything you need to know about the Gophers every weekday. We have it for you right here on Locked On Gophers. Coming up on today's show, we're going to get a little bit of a breakdown of Jamal Mashburn Jr. The freshman has been making some waves for the Gophers and apparently turning some heads on the coaching staff enough to get him some big minutes as of late. Warrants us talking about him a little more. We'll break down some more of the freshman out of Miami coming up later in the show. Also, we got to talk about Maryland in Minnesota from over the weekend. Gophers suffer another tough loss at the hands of the Terrapins. What has it been about Maryland that has had Minnesota's number this season? We'll talk about that in the show as well. But first, as we always do, we're going to break things down with everything going on in Gopher news at the moment. Here's what you may have missed if you weren't paying attention over the last 24 hours. We do have some scores to report from over the weekend. Hockey was in action. The men's hockey team got some revenge over Notre Dame after losing to the Irish earlier in the season. Minnesota comes back and sweeps the weekend over Notre Dame on the road 3-0, the final in both games. It wasn't such a good weekend for the women's hockey team. They had a big battle in a top five matchup with Ohio State. Gophers fall in the first game 2-1 and in the second on Saturday 3-2. Minnesota Volleyball did win twice over the weekend, swept Penn State 3-1 in sets in one matchup, 3-2 in the next. Also, the Minnesota women's tennis team lost on Sunday at Wisconsin 5-2. And in some news that broke today, not really news, but some stats that people were talking about. Minnesota comes in at number 10 in men's basketball for toughest schedules in the country. That's according to Ken Palm. So Gophers still 6-8 in the Big Ten, but... With good reason, as they've had some of the toughest teams in the country to go up against. That's everything going on in Gopher News right now. We do have one more thing to tell you about before we get into everything that happens with or that happened with Maryland and Minnesota and talk a little bit more about Jamal Mashburn. There's a new feature that Minnesota's putting together for you to help support the athletic teams while they're not able to get a lot of support through quarantine and COVID and all that. You can actually go online to the Minnesota website and send a message to your favorite Minnesota team. It can be the men's basketball team, all the way down to the least known of the Gopher teams, whichever one that may be in your mind. But whoever you want to send a shout-out to, you can do so. You can go over to gophersports.com and try to find it. We'll also send out a tweet from our Twitter account. That's at LOGoldenGophers with a link on how to do so if you want to send a message to your favorite Gopher team. We usually give you a look at what's on the docket for Minnesota sports today during the program, but there's nothing to tell you about here on a Tuesday. We will be back with more Gopher sports tomorrow, of course, with basketball on both the men's and women's sides. We'll talk more about those games on tomorrow's show, though, leading up to those matchups. Well, we're going to take a quick break right here on Locked On Golden Gophers, and after we come back, break down everything. From Sunday's loss to Maryland, it was a head-scratcher for a Minnesota team that maybe thought it was getting back on track. That's coming up in just a minute here on Locked On Golden Gophers. Before we get to the recap of that matchup, though, rockauto.com has everything that you need to make sure that your car is running at its best capability. And in the middle of winter, you need to know that your car is in top shape. Now, rockauto.com, if you need a new part for your car, will find anything that you need. You may have had to go through the struggle before of going to a part shop or maybe a dealership and trying to find a specific part for your car, and maybe they don't have it, or maybe they do, but it's just such a hard part to find that they're going to upcharge you big for it. That's not the case over at rockauto.com. 
They've got every part that you may need, and they cut out the middleman, so you can make sure you're getting a good price too. RockAuto.com has everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpeting as well. Whether it's for your classic or your daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. It's really that easy. Go to rockauto.com, and if you do get anything there, be sure to put in Locked On in the little How You Heard Of Us box they have so they know that we sent you. Coming up in just a minute here on Locked On Golden Gophers, we're going to break down the matchup between Maryland and Minnesota from Sunday. Tough one to go over for Gopher fans, but we're going to do it. That's coming up right after this here on Locked On Golden Gophers. Welcome back to the Locked On Golden Gophers podcast. Nate Dickinson with you right here. We're going to break down everything that happened over the weekend on Sunday between Minnesota and Maryland in just a moment. We've got you covered with everything you need to know about the Gophers here on Locked On Golden Gophers. But what about the rest of sports? Now the Locked On Podcast Network has you covered there as well with Locked On Today. It's hosted by the great Peter Bukowski, and it's all the sports news you need every morning in under 20 minutes. You know how we do things over at Locked On if you listen to the show. Subscribe to the Locked On Today podcast wherever you get your podcasts, probably the same spot that you're listening to this, whatever that may be. All right, so let's talk a little bit more about this matchup from Sunday. Minnesota loses to Maryland, final score 72-59. to But if you were watching the game, it was over well before the last few minutes. Uh, Minnesota was down big at the end of the half, 44-28 the halftime score. Gophers never really fought back. Uh, they got it back within single digits to get back within, I guess, like an arm's length of the lead, but... It was never really, really in doubt again, the game outside of those couple of minutes. Minnesota struggled to find any sort of rhythm throughout, but I want to start by talking about the one guy that we seem to talk about all the time here on this show, and that's fine with me. I I like discussing him a lot because, well, he's the guy you discuss the most when you're talking about the Gophers. It's Marcus Carr, and he had another game where he just quite frankly didn't show up. Nine points on four of 15 shooting, and we talked about this before with Carr. His responsibility on this team is to be someone who does it every single game. And that doesn't have to be just shooting the basketball. If he has a nine-point game but takes less than 15 shots, maybe, he's able to be more productive, maybe get some more assists, rebounds. And it's all something that works together to be a factor in a game every time, a positive factor. Marcus Carr can't be a negative factor with the cast that he has around him. Minnesota has talented players, but... As far as a go-to guy, a guy that's going to be reliable every single game, Marcus Carr bears that weight on his own. And when he has a game where he takes 15 shots and only makes four of them and scores just nine points, while at the same time only pulling in three rebounds and also only getting one assist on the entire game, that's something that's going to lead to a Minnesota loss almost every time. The supporting cast is good around him, but it's not good enough to be able to win without him. He is the gear that turns everything else on this team, Marcus Carr. And if he has a bad game, Minnesota likely has a bad game too. But the question seems to be now, can Marcus Carr be the guy that does it every game? We know he's outstanding. We know that he has the ability, as we've seen, to just for 5-10 minute stretches take over a game. 
He'll hit game-winning shots. He'll put your team back into a game when they really should have been run out of it by then. But he doesn't do it every single time out. I've said this is what he needs to get better at, really, because when he's doing everything right, he's just as good as anybody in college basketball around the perimeter. But he doesn't do it every night. Before I asked, can Marcus Carr become that guy? Now I think we need to start asking, maybe this is just who he is, or is this maybe just who he is? Is he a guy that almost all the time will be able to bring it, but just isn't in that top, top tier of guys who do it every single time, no matter what? And if so, what does that mean for Minnesota? What does that mean for what they have to do to be able to make up for it? What are the other options for this team to be able to compete at the level they want to if Marcus Carr isn't having that great game? Because it's starting to seem like this is just who he is. Like every once in a while, he'll have a dud which is fine. Plenty of really good players have had that, but not many great teams have had that without having somebody else like Marcus Carr out there to fill the void. And Minnesota does not have that. So what? who can be that guy? Who can be the one that develops into the player that ends up being really, really productive on this team? And can they do it in time for this postseason? I think it could be... I don't know about this season, but in the years to come, Jamal Mashburn Jr. It's likely that Marcus Carr won't be around, though, to see those times when he has a running mate that can be that kind of score if it is him. So is it Gabe Kalsher? Is it Trey Williams? Is it Brandon Johnson? I don't think you would say you're confident in any of those guys being able to turn that kind of progress that quickly. So what's the answer here? Either Marcus Carr ends up turning into a guy who does it every time, or, or let's be quite honest, in college basketball, maybe he just ends up having a 5-6 game stretch where it's an absolute tear and it matters the most, like NCAA tournament time. But if not, one of these guys is going to have to step up. Because without somebody else to compliment Carr, Without somebody else to be someone who's going to be, all right, Marcus doesn't have it today, I'm going to be the one who takes over. Without that guy, this team is vulnerable to the kind of embarrassment that it saw on Sunday. Losing to a Maryland team that will not make the NCAA tournament. One of the few Big Ten teams that will not do it. And losing in a pretty convincing fashion, too. In a way that the fans never really thought it was close. Without someone to be at least somewhat like Marcus Carr and his reliability, that's what this Minnesota team is. It lives and dies off what Marcus Carr can and cannot do. And I'm not saying that this is that or that there's some sort of formula to stop Carr. I really do still think that it's all, I don't know if mental is the right word, but it's all on him whether or not he has the great game or has the dud, if that makes sense. I'm, I'm saying that I don't think Maryland figured out how to stop Marcus Carr. I still think if he was on his game, he's still running downhill and being aggressive and doing everything that he can. I don't think it's Maryland that was so good that it stopped Marcus Carr. I think it was Marcus Carr or something in there that led to him missing 11 shots on Sunday. But whatever it is, it needs to be either figured out on Carr's end or somebody else needs to figure it out. Richard Pitino needs to figure out who the other guy is to step it up when Carr doesn't have it. Because 4 for 15, 
while Marcus Carr does it every other game, it won't matter if it's every other game when it comes to the NCAA tournament or the Big Ten tournament if Minnesota needs help there at the end of the season. Marcus Carr needs to have it when it matters most, or at least right now Minnesota has nothing. It will not be able to do anything meaningful in the NCAA tournament, which I suppose for this fan base would mean getting to a Sweet 16, given the recent success or lack thereof. Or in the Big Ten tournament, if it needs some wins, Marcus Carr is going to have to show up for the Gophers to even make the tournament if they do end up sliding down to that point. But it's just not there yet for this team, and it's running out of time to really figure it out. This team will make the NCAA tournament, I believe. But if it wants to do anything outside of the first weekend, it needs to solve that problem. I got a little bit rambly there at the end there, and I apologize. The point is, again, you need to find somebody to be able to get it done every game. It seems to be Marcus Carr every game, and nobody else when it's not Marcus Carr. So find that somebody else. Uh, Other game notes going forward, just before we get on to what I wanted to end the show with, which is Jamal Mashburn Jr. Uh, Minnesota took eight more shots than Maryland, which isn't good because there's sometimes where you look at games and you look at a box score and it's just shooting, really, that decided the game. Like Minnesota didn't shoot well in a lot of its losses and Maryland does shoot well in its wins, and that was part of it. Maryland did shoot well, made 27 shots, and Gophers only made 19 Gopher shot 32%, and Maryland shot a 53% from the field on the game. But the discrepancy for shooting wasn't terrible. Like I said, Minnesota wasn't like under 30%, and they did make 11 threes on the entire game too, while also shooting eight more shots. So this game wasn't just about the shooting, as some games are. And that's like kind of a, a win and a loss if you're analyzing things, because If it is just shooting, you can kind of just chalk it up to shooting and move on, which is good in a way, but a bit frustrating, I guess, if you're a coach or a player because there's nothing you can really do about it. If the shooting's bad, you just got to put up more shots. But if it's something else, like this game appears to be, then you're able to fix things a little bit more. Yeah, it means the problem is a little bit more complex, but... It also means it's a bit more fixable. Like maybe the Gophers just got out-rebounded by a ton. They can work on that in practice. They can work on the positioning. Maybe they just turned the ball over a ton. They can work on that too. Fix the ball handling. Maybe they just hacked a lot of people, sent Maryland to the line. They can work on getting clean. But in this particular game, there wasn't a whole lot of that. Minnesota was beat on the boards, but not terribly. It committed about the same amount of fouls as Maryland did throughout the game. The Terrapins just played a more solid basketball game for the second straight time against Minnesota. And maybe you do chalk it up to the shooting and move on, but this seemed like something a little bit more problematic. It seemed like Minnesota just wasn't able to find the flow. Looking outside of the box score to the way that things just kind of looked when you were watching the game, it was so fragmented in a way that Minnesota never looked when it was playing its good basketball. And while maybe Maryland didn't figure out how to stop Marcus Carr, like I don't think anybody just figures that out, maybe Maryland did figure out something about Minnesota's offense. Because this is twice in a row now that Maryland has been able to beat the Gophers in a situation where Minnesota really could have used the wins both times. 
I mean, I guess the first one was coming right off of a big Michigan win. So I guess maybe there's some sort of trap game there, but it was in the middle of a pretty big skid still for the Gophers. So they definitely were still focused on it. I'm looking forward to see what this team does going forward as far as what we talked about with trying to find that, I guess, Robin to the Batman that is Marcus Carr. But I'm really confused by this Maryland game as a whole because I was expecting to see more of a discrepancy somewhere where I didn't see it. The shooting was bad, but it wasn't as terrible as it has been in Gopher losses. The rebounds weren't all the way off. The assists, turnovers, across the board as a team, aside from the difference in which Maryland did shoot pretty well, there's no reason to suggest that this was a game where Minnesota not only was out of it at the end, but was out of it for most of the game. And when there's nothing that sticks out to me like that, I get really worried because that's when I start to think, well, maybe Maryland's just better than Minnesota. And if Maryland's better than Minnesota... That's not good for the future of this season going forward. Coming up in just a minute, we're going to finish up the show breaking down Jamal Mashburn Jr. The freshman's been getting quite a bit of playing time as of late, and it has caught my attention as well as the attention of some other people, I'm sure, as well. Richard Pitino being one as he seems to trust more and more in this guy. We'll talk about that in just a minute right here on Locked on Golden Gophers. Before we get into that, though, Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing. Bet online even covers awards, TV shows, and a reality TV too if you want to break away from the sports scene. Real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Bet online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Promo code locked on again for your 50% welcome bonus. Promo code locked on. We're talking Jamal Mashburn Jr. in just a minute. Nate Dickinson here on the Locked On Golden Gophers podcast. Welcome back to Locked On Golden Gophers. Ending the show today, breaking down some Jamal Mashburn stats for you. The freshman has been making some waves as of late for the Gophers, getting himself really good playing time. And we're going to talk about everything that he has had leading up to his start with the Gophers and also what he's done so well as of late to get him and everybody else's attention and get him some playing time as well. Nate Dickinson with you here on the Locked On Golden Gophers podcast. March Madness is a few months away, by the way, but the future of the NBA is on display right now, which you already know. Get a head start on next year's draft analysis by subscribing to Chad Ford's NBA Big Board podcast. Draft guru Chad Ford has his first Big Board of the Year out with profiles of Cade Cunningham, Minnesota native Jalen Suggs, Evan Mobley, and more. Subscribe to Chad Ford's NBA Big Board podcast wherever you get your podcasts. So Jamal Mashburn Jr. comes to Minneapolis as a freshman this season, and quite frankly, I didn't know what to expect of him. Gopher fans and experts seem to like the kid, but when you're coming in as a freshman, I didn't expect to see as much of him as we have been seeing from the start, even really, 
And now he's kind of evolved into a role where he has maybe put himself into the spot to be the number two guard on this team behind Marcus Carr. He's starting to emerge as a just as reliable shooter and scorer as Gabe Kalsher or Brandon Johnson or even Trey Williams or Booth Gotch. He took the second most shots on the team in the game on Sunday against Maryland. Now that was a big loss, so maybe that's not a tally towards him, but still. The last six games he's had, and this starting with Maryland and going backwards, 26 minutes played, then 24, 29, 23, 16, and 23 before that. He's been playing really well, and even playing really well in the Big Ten especially too. Since the start of the new year, and the Big Ten season did start a a little bit before the new year, so I guess humor me a bit here, but since the start of the new year, Jamal Mashburn, who on the season is shooting 35% from the field, 28% from three. Three, numbers that make you say, why are you putting a freshman on the floor with those numbers? But while he's doing that, since the new year, shooting 40% from the field and 35% from three, he seems to have found his stroke. He seems to be doing the things that uh, I guess freshmen have struggled doing before, I I guess is the way to say it. Like, if he's looking to find his sea legs in college basketball, he seems to have found them very quickly because he's doing things that really he did well as a high school player, as a prep player, but you don't expect him to be able to do so well right off the bat as a college player after that. He's putting in significant minutes and... As we look at his kind of scouting report coming into college, which we'll do right now, I want you to take and kind of make mental notes as to what he's been able to do this year compared to what it says he can do before. So looking at Jabal Mashburn Jr., this report that I read from 24-7 Sports that I'm going off of was written back when he was still a four-star recruit, which is important to note. He was a top 100 four-star recruit when he committed to Minnesota over the course of his last prep year started to slide down the rankings a little bit, ended up falling outside of the top 100, and losing a star as well, and came into Minnesota as a three-star recruit, but someone who had a lot of hype coming in because, well, when he had started being looked at, he had a lot more hype around him just in general. So he kind of comes in a little bit under the radar, but here, here's the, I guess, sheet on him. Jamal Mashburn Jr. was noted three things, really plays with strength and can control space well, great at creating space off the dribble and scoring as well. Two things that I think he does really well at the college level as well, and also two things that you really, I wouldn't think, expect to translate so quickly, right? If you're playing with strength and using your strength to your advantage, you don't expect somebody who's a freshman in college to be able to do that with the big boys in the Big Ten right away. The growing pains were there, but for Jamal Mashburn Jr., he seems to be finding it out quicker. Great at creating space off the dribble and scoring. Again, something that really is just a a physical advantage that you have to use to be able to get a shot over somebody. The speed and strength are the things that college athletes struggle with the most to catch up on getting into college from high school. Jamal Mashburn knows how to play basketball. He always has. The reason why early players, and him included in the first half of this season, struggle so much is because they got to catch up physically, mentally too, but there's obviously things that guys who are three, four years older than an 18-year-old are going to be able to do better.
Jamal Mashburn Jr. hasn't shown those weaknesses, those growing pains, since the start of the Big Ten schedule, which is mind-boggling to think about, too. This guy starts playing the biggest and toughest country or conference in the country, and all of a sudden he starts showing out. I'm excited to see what happens going forward for the guy. I think of him as the guy to take over big ball handling minutes after Marcus Carr leaves. He's a guy who's more of a scorer than a distributor on the scouting report and in my own thoughts as well. So I think he can be someone who, if he's not taking up the court, can take a pass once things cross half court and really do a lot of ball handling and directing around the offense. But I, I know people want to know more about what can he do this year. Well, as I mentioned before, I really do think that by the end of this season, you can say that Jamal Mashburn is undoubtedly the number two guy to put up a shot at the end of the game. I tweeted this out during the Purdue game, I think it was, when he was playing well. But really, who would you have take it right now? Obviously, Carr is number one. But if you're running up a play out of a timeout, let's say, to win the game, are you trusting Gabe Kalsher or Brandon Johnson or Trey Williams anymore than you're trusting Jamal Mashburn with that shot? I don't think so. And I think that if he continues to do what he's been doing, both with how well he's been playing and how well it seems Richard Pitino seems to like him, If you combine both of those things, I could see him, if not cracking the starting lineup by the end of the season, at least being a guy where going into next season, you're really excited for what he's going to be able to do. And I'm really excited to see what he can do with a full off-season of work, too. Because that's when he can really fine-tune things. This first year, he kind of gets his sea legs and figures everything out. Then that full off-season that you get, that first full off-season, once you've kind of caught up to the speed of the game, you can really start to improve. So I'm looking forward to that going forward. But as far as this season goes, in a group of backcourt guys who are really struggling to step up in the sidekick role to Marcus Carr, Jamal Mashburn may just be the guy to answer the call. And I'm looking forward to seeing what he does if that is the case. Well, that'll just about do it for Locked On Golden Gophers here on a Tuesday. I am back, of course, tomorrow. We'll preview everything leading up to Minnesota and Indiana. Gophers still in a bit of a losing skid. Can they snap it, get a big win as far as tournament projections go on Indiana Wednesday? We'll talk about all of that on our Wednesday edition of Locked On Golden Gophers. Until then, I'm Nate Dickinson. Roll the boat, Sky Uma. Go Gophers.